Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Well, hello there, leavers and believers. And anyone who's been forced to listen to this podcast on a car trip that they never planned, welcome to or welcome back to Leaving Hillsong, where we talk about everything to do with getting out of and staying out of and recovering from an evangelical church like Hillsong. My name's Tanya and I'm super excited that I have hunted down and found Grace. She actually has quite a busy professional life that is going in leaps and bounds so she doesn't always have the time for us here at Tormaville but I wouldn't let that get in the way of a good podcast. So we've been playing phone and text tag for a few weeks now and tossing around a bunch of issues we might want to go over or her story or some updates And we just jumped into a conversation the other night. And so I'm bringing part one to you for a Thursday night special. If you don't live in Australia, you might not know that Thursday night was traditionally very exciting because the shops stayed open till 9pm in the old days. And so Thursday night shopping was kind of a big thing, especially before Amazon and like the internet and stuff. So... We've ended up having just a long and quite interesting conversation about, well, relationships and marriage and purity culture and all kinds of things before we move on to a review of some crazy, crazy social media stuff that's been going on. 
it's one of those conversations where I think it's like if you're at the cafe and yeah, it gets kind of deep and you'd be like, hmm, keep talking, I'm not listening. So grab your snacks and your coffee and pull your chair a little closer to There's No Honeymoon at Hillsong. Hey, Grace. Hey, Tanya. <laughs> How's things? We're so excited you're back. You're back. How's things? I don't know. The week's just just oh. fly by too quick. Crazy. It's, it's been busy times, though, starting a new job and, yeah, it's been crazy. Right. But, yeah trying yeah. to get into a new swing of things so you, you had news you were going to share there's definitely been a lot going on in hillsong and pentecostal land but i know we'll get to that soon it's just been in a lot of different kind of environments lately with this new role and it's been really interesting to come across people who've also had their own experience of church or religion okay. in their lifetime and just found myself having some interesting conversations with people about their own experiences around Australia mm. and I guess looking back at the Royal Commission and stuff I mean I was recently in a really good discussion with like a mentor who knew one as well who doesn't really know me too well and I kind of mes- mentioned as a person working within like the community services and social work kind of area how I've had these childhood adverse experiences and how it's really impacted and shaped my sense of self as okay. a professional and a person in my, in my mm-hmm. personal life as well. But I mentioned the word deconstruction and, yeah, she really grabbed at that and saw that as such an amazing strength because it's been the source of navigating a lot of life circumstances. and really trying to tap into I guess for lack of a better word childhood because it's not just my childhood that I was part of the church but trying to see from an outer perspective how those experiences have had such adverse effects and being able having to deconstruct everything that I was believing seeing hearing experiencing doing massive Yeah, like I think it was really, for me, really powerful and really encouraging, I guess, affirmative of, I know there was so many good things to take from, I say, Christianity or faith or church from one perspective, but it really showed to me how much pain and adversity also it came with and how much that's had to be shaped over time. Yeah, you're not Robinson Crusoe there, my friend. I don't know. I just feel like it's really it's really devastating. I mean, I've, I've talked to people who, like, they never were invited into a youth group and never went to a church. And their yeah. only real experience of church was being, like, baptised as a baby. And then their parents kind of went through a few things and kind of lost faith themselves. And so they raised the kids without any sort of background in it. And... You know, he'd say to me, like, you're so lucky. I go, what do you mean? I said, I feel like I'm, I'm very unlucky. And and said, well, you were offered an alternative environment that was safe and 
you know, didn't introduce you to drugs or alcohol or rock and roll, you know, like maybe you did introduce rock and roll, but like it was not the norm to get involved in certain things at a young age. And mm. he kind of mm. looks back and real thought, thinks that there were some things that were, I guess, a bit of a safety net to, I guess, take me down another path that wasn't yeah. so, so self-destructive. But yeah, it's interesting. I think... I- People's experiences are dependent on how deep they got involved into it and how much it shaped their perception of the world and themselves. There's definitely a big difference between people who started attending later on, even in their teens perhaps, and people who were born into it. And then I have wondered over the years if the health benefits of not getting involved like because you know all the studies that show you know if you start drinking earlier uh, smoking earlier you know you get sicker earlier in life so things like that are you know such a protective factor I wonder what the long-term data will show but conversely Grace like some leaders kids are starting to really talk about what their experiences have been like and a lot of it just amounts to neglect i mean that endless that endless network of babysitters that we've talked about and opportunities to engage in developmental milestones like you know yeah definitely i think yeah i I think it's really difficult to say i mean like he's just saying these things on the surface that Mm. i've kind of been protectors as such you know what I mean but really the outside world is there you know my delay to enter it okay maybe was a good thing developmentally that you know I came out as a ripe 18 year old and barely swore you know I had this other way of seeing the world that was very alternative to secular western lifestyle but it didn't protect me from what the world how evil and dark Ooh. the world really was. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of idea, ideas and ideals that I've also had to face the, I guess it was a more of a rude awakening than facing music because, I mean, there was a lot of things that conflicted with the things that I've grown up to believe. And unless mm. I really mm. wanted to navigate that and try to learn, I, I still feel like I am still learning to navigate some things because it was just so against the essence of who I was or had been, I, I guess, been taught what like what things should be like in life. And what to refer to. So the answers are all in the book. And if you can't find the answers, go to Bible college. Literally. And- well, yeah. Or now I've seen Elson do free. My college, which is pretty cool. Don't know how they're offering free programs. That's a side note. But what I can't believe is beyond all of this is, I mean, the two commandments we know, love God with all your heart, all your soul and mind, and then love each other as your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay, so I just don't understand how we could have treated each other the way that we've done across I'm saying very broadly across the church of craziness that we are now more and more aware of other thing is if you really try and understand the essence of what I guess you could say the gospel was these values of unconditional love honesty truth 
you know, justice. These are anti-oppressive. I mean, these are principles that that weren't embedded in church. I'm sorry, but they just weren't. Fun fact, that commandment, do unto others as you would have them do to you, I think it's the only time where it's left up to you to make the choice. You're not told what to do. You're told to make a good choice. Yeah, which is interesting because, I mean, it, it really is like, it, it don't, you know, you don't want to be lied to their mm. own lives. But I wonder if those good boys at the top all kind of treated each other as as they treated themselves and maybe that's all that matters. That's a big one. The other thing I was going to say, I really was, I think more and more about, well, rethink about everything that I've ever learnt in the Bible, about the Bible, listening to sermons. Mm. Is Okay, when you think of Australia and the social political context, you see our business, industry, the helping professions, money, commodities, rich, rich, what does being rich look like? The dream, the Australian dream, which was pretty much the American dream. When you see all these things pan out through history, there are eras. There's things that have changed over time. And I feel like we need to look at the church like that too. And when you look at the really bottom line to it, it was fellowship, which is gathering of people who believe in this, who encourage one another, who really are there for each other through hard times. Now, in in society, I mean, that's a really great simpleton message, isn't it? Like, it is the survival of the fittest. It really is. But take care of each other. Like, when a person comes, and don't steal and kill and destroy, obviously. Don't go throwing knives through each other's backs, literally. But also don't do it figuratively. Mm. But how have we ended up with four walls? I mean, we had stained glass windows before and marble and yeah. and sandstone and steeples and we had the church on the highest point in the in in the in the countryside or highest point in that city and it was the picture you know it was everything everyone looked to and then and then it's kind of just evolved you know in the west into this like show i mean it, you know a yeah. show with lights and production and yeah. and a lot of emotion which you know i could go to the movies to get that but I remember studying English at school and they always spoke about how every story has like a philosophical question. It asks a question that's actually about life, like journey, purpose, mm. love. Same. You know what I mean? Like there's some deep, deep stuff in these movies. I mean, I'm saying even Batman. Like, what movies are you watching? Well, it's like saving the world. Isn't that what Jesus did? Do you know what I mean? It's like Hollywood's ripped off that story. Oh, I see. Okay. There's an antagonist. There's a protagonist. You know what I mean? There's someone who's got a problem, you know, the journey, the person, which is us. And then you've got the savior and some sort of issue. Yes. And there's some sort of resolve. It's like the church of today, like Hillsong, was the resolve to faith now and and religion becoming something that was boring and dry and irrelevant and it just repackaged itself you know it interests me that why do i have to feel so connected to these four walls 
plus all the hours I spend at prayer group or whatever else, RBG and all these other places and things that you get caught up with. Why, how has that turned into the Bible? Like, I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, it's not in the Bible to, to go to RBG and connect groups <laughs> everywhere. I don't know. Again, I can't offer theological, you know, expertise, but there's not a whole lot of stuff about you know, mandatory attendance, you know, forsake not the gathering together of the believers. It, it, it's there yeah, is but it was about the Sabbath, and the Sabbath is it makes sense to everyone. So does fasting. I mean, fasting is in so many diet things, it's a good idea. Like, you know, your body shouldn't be so used to munging on things all day. Like, and fasting is part of self control. I know there's a lot. There's lack of self-control out there in the community. I mean, the fruits of the spirit are really great things to practice in general, but so is kindness and generosity and honesty. Maybe the purpose of church, firstly, I think is that the bomb purposes was to create connections with others. But secondly, I think it also was to ensure that these beautiful values to humanity continue through life maybe that's the meaning that's the maybe that's the whole flipping point and us in our dark ways humanity being fallen and and evil just kind of loses all of that because morality is gone church is meant to be growing and advancing according to brian houston but where's morality where's these values and attributes that are apparently meant to be godly well by their fruits i mean i think about this because it's such a basic statement like a bad tree can't produce good fruit by their fruits you shall know them so here we are what else do we need to discuss would be you know humility uh, has been lost that's my word of the year just see so much pride and, and promotion and self-promotion these days that i'm like humility is such a beautiful thing that we've lost hey there's this book that's just come out recently by a woman called caitlin Beatty called celebrities for jesus how personas platforms and prophets are hurting the church and she advocates for just the basic integrity of just living a faithful ordinary life wasn't that kind of the idea was just to kind of get through life and be an all right bloke and you know exactly I would concur with that and I would say that we have completely lost the point. We have because, you know, we all started buying stupid jeans and tried to get as many bits of them as we could and then we just imagined how do these guys who probably earn $65,000. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. 
being a pastor still afford that and still live in the hills district of Sydney. I mean, let's be real here, you know, living well, in that rat race costs a lot of money. Yeah, it does. I mean, people could argue that they're everywhere you go, young people want to look fashionable though. I'm being silly. We used to really have a, no. we used to really joke about those things and be like, how, how, how are they keeping up? Uh-huh. You know, but also with the money that I had, but also like we've, we've lost the point. I mean, we're not being those types of people that we're just describing all those attributes of a person. They're doing the opposite and we're hiding it. And then now we're being found for doing many things. And, the thing is as well, I mean, purity culture extends to perfection culture and that's a really interesting concept. Uh, it is about, I mean, how so? I will truly just say that in, in a congregation of probably 10,000 people at Hills, at the Hills campus in Sydney, who were we to say that there would have been no one who had some sort of sexual problem or their relationship falling apart or someone cheating on someone. I mean, that'd be stupid to think that that wasn't the case. Mm. They're all humans. There's just no way that you can have a church or an organisation with 100,000 people around the world and, you know, not be able to have people who live together and aren't married or, you know, all those kinds of things. So I've wondered for a long time how that works. I have been told that it only matters for the people in the front three rows or something and everyone else can do what they like because who actually cares i don't know you tell me what the culture oh yeah i think it was for not just the front three rows but as many people as possible and then everyone else had problems like like, the pastors and they're the only oh i remember when Brendan brown used to say all the time that like him and his partner like he got saved and then he brought his girlfriend to church it's now his wife but when that when he was like you know someone had told him like oh so you guys living together and he's like yeah why what's wrong with that and it was like oh no well you guys you know you really shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't be having sex like before marriage but he was like oh okay and then like like then they stopped having sex and then waited till they got married uh-huh. but i still find that really bizarre like uh-huh, i'm there's just like no real point how in that. did that change how did that change anything? All I know is research says the longer you can date a person and get to know them. And I, I remember reading this primary research. They followed couples. It was a longitudinal study. They they followed them for a few years, like maybe five to ten years. Mm-hmm. And there were couples who kind of progressed through their relationship faster than the others. I don't know how they controlled that. But there definitely had to be two groups and multiple participants to make the study, like, efficable. It said that definitely the longer they withheld from sex and the more they got to know each other, they said that didn't mean that withholding from sex made the relationship more successful. It was more about that the relationship didn't get caught up in the physical part of sex and they had time that they got to know each other. Does that make sense? I'd like see more of that research just in terms of you know that has it depends on the context I'm guessing so if you're yeah they definitely you, wasn't in one area like it was whether you one, have a choice over that like if you're in some kind of strict system where you're you know prevented or whether that's 
a personal choice, I wondered. Yeah, but I think we've told a lot of things without anything really backing us up except the Bible. Well, Do you know what yeah. I mean? And we know that sexual immorality can happen by the eye, according to the Bible as well. I'm still yet to find that verse that says, thou shalt not have sex before the wedding. Yeah, I, that's fair. I, I, adultery, sure. Do not unite your body with the prostitute. Well, we all know we've, we, there's a million books out there that talk about withholding from sex and waiting. But, I mean, again, it, it's part of a greater context. I mean, then everything became about getting married so that you could have sex. And it wasn't about that person and the intimacy and what you guys actually developing as people, as human beings, communicating and like, I said before about riding the bicycle. Like, if you don't know how to ride the bicycle, like, you can read all about it and you can study it and learn all its parts. But if you're actually not jumping on and learning how to ride, then how will your experience, you know, help shape your experiences with relationships? I mean, they are shaped by experiences. And we know that communication to any two people in the world coming together is exceptionally unique and that no one way fits all. Everyone comes with a different story, experiences, trauma, adverse childhood stuff, whatever. But if those two people can learn how to navigate, obviously respect for one another, all those kind of basic human rights, you know, equality, freedom to blah, 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 and then learn how to communicate effectively and understand each other and empathize and be, you know, partners and, and a team. And there's no way, one way to do that. There's no one formula. But I think that's the thing about Christianity is it gets packaged up and tied around with bow and given, presented and said, all your life problems, is it all going to be resolved because of Jesus Christ? And if you just put him first, then it'll all be all good. The, the interesting part I'm just thinking right there is that if you're constantly waiting for the one or you believe that there's just this one person that you're supposed to meet and in our culture, I, I don't know how yours was, but growing up for us, so we were told very clearly if you are not planning to marry this person, you shouldn't be dating them. And it makes me wonder if, you're not going to really get to know someone if if that's the basic joint goal is like. Well, how yeah, how are you meant to know? You're meant to sit there with a a bucket list, and you're meant to go through all the you know checklists and see whether they fit all of those before you even engage in a hello, how are you? Yeah, that that's what it matter. felt like. But, but I grew up, yeah. I grew up with that as well. I mean, it, it also was like don't date just for the sake of it. And then the other one was. You know, you want them to have all the same values and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, that's that, that's a lie that they, everyone's got the same values just because they agree to go to church every Sunday, being a servant at church and doing all these things. I mean, we know that people hide behind those things because yeah. they've got other problems going on. And, you know, they just throw themselves into that because it's easier to come out squeaky clean than it is to, you know, deal with and face your demons, like, you know, and just keep praying and close your eyes and pray. I always think of that image, like someone closing their eyes and just praying it all away. 
mm. and then keep walking into a trap. Like it's just, yeah. I know, yeah. I know people who, you know, their partner came on board, you know, got with on the whole, board. like on board with the Christianity thing and going it's to. Not, it's, I mean, are, are they in HR now? Okay, yes, sorry. Yeah, well, I met people like that and, and then, you know, having real conversations about how they've been going as a couple, you know, years down the track and then finding out they've got gambling problems. And, you know, she's telling me I never would have married him if I knew all of this. I'm like, well, this is where living together could be an option, a stage before jumping in 100 and saying forever I do and then oops, have a kid now, now all the stakes are higher. And for many, it's easier to save face and stay together and and persevere and suffer than it is to walk in freedom and make a choice and move on with your life. I mean... It seems so cruel of these leaders to condone it, to encourage it, because, you know, you don't get to know somebody for minimum two years. And all of those in love feelings are just neurochemicals so you know evolutionarily people they coexist in relationships for about three months when that initial you know dopamines or serotonin or whatever those chemicals are that that flood people when they fall in love that then lasts maybe 18 months to two years which is enough for a child to you know be mobile and be able to walk and that's when those chemicals start cutting off. Two people find each other two years. Well, you'll see a lot of breakups at two years because people go, yeah, no, not re- I don't really feel the same about you. And, you know, everybody knows that that's older than 25. So, but, but just getting to know anyone five years, 10 years down the track. I mean, you know, this whole ideal of, you know, marrying the one and, yeah, like you said, saving face, sticking with it, it's it's seems cruel to me. How much does shame, judgment, pride, guilt, false guilt all got to do with it? I mean, yeah. those four or five that most I've just brought up now, they manipulate people to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the one of the major pastors in Australia, one of their children just got married quite young because of an unplanned pregnancy i mean it's 2022 are we still doing this to kids you know wouldn't you encourage your job particularly with the added stress of a newborn to to work on their relationship and see what it's about Mm. i don't know it's a really good conversation i mean between this whole four war stuff and then obviously a million other rules that there are within it that are spoken unspoken they exist i always remember thinking one of my big questions or queries when my eyes started to really be open aka it started to become woke was really seeing people running around with all these cameras in church taking every photo they could ever snap of and being like the hell have we turned into i don't know i just couldn't believe it i thought man we're just going to church right now why why does everything need to be taking photos like like it was it was to the extent where like you're sitting right next to an, an aisle and someone's running down it you know what i mean like with this big camera 
it's very distracting. That was one moment. The other moment, I remember sitting on the floor one night and seeing worship was average, like people weren't really into it. <laughs> and then at the end of the night, on it was like a Sunday live or whatever, at the end of the night, it was about like eight to 12 like singers and they were all like different ethnicities, but they were all from college and they did this like crazy gospel arrangement type of medley where you have like, I always mix up my words in medley, where you have like four or five songs that all mesh into each other, but they weren't church songs. They were just secular songs, right? I remember that clearly, but it was in like a gospel-y kind of like really, you know, symphony kind of big bass, like lots of different, you know, instruments playing at the same time. And I remember the whole church got up, gave it a standing ovation and roared. And I was like, do these people not, do they know who they're like <laughs> clapping to? They're clapping to just a bunch <laughs> of random people. How was worship like approached with half of that attitude? Like I, I was really like, this is just turning into an entertainment, like yeah, for Sunday sure. night show. People don't <laughs> even understand the main point. Like, do they even notice that they clapped more for that than they did for God or Jesus. And that's when I thought, man, these people are losing the plot because Jesus is like the, I don't know, the author, like at the end, everyone's like, yeah, cool. But everyone was so distracted by the photos and the headlines and <sighs> everything else that was going on and how pretty the artwork was. Yeah, it just, it, it's just weird. That's how I explain Hillsong now. It's, it's been such a fascinating shift and they're just manufactured and everything they do like the way in which they do it is is strategic to see who's going to perform who's going to donate who's going to respond it's it's the fact that we're even like scripted we're like primed to make it feel so normal and unquestionably reasonable to have these different tiers of people who provide finances for the church. I mean, yes. and then we do special retreats for them and then mm. put on massive banquets. Like, you know, there was a point I remember where a bunch of us, like we're in our, you know, early mid twenties. We're at the point where people are like considering of like entering into one of those tiers because they were just wanted to be so involved with church. Okay. It was a big deal. Like, if you had committed, it's like a pledge, isn't it? Like you commit to give a certain amount of money every year. Like, let me put up the stats because I would have loved to just be able to recite that now. So we'll leave Grace looking up Kingdom Builder stats and part two will be out Sunday, maybe before. I've got a lot of content coming up, so it's as fast as I can edit it. I can bring it to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our chat today and I hope you'll join us for part two because that's where we get a little bit salacious. Thank you for all your support. A huge thank you to our Patreon supporters and everybody else who stops by with messages and encouragement. The outreach to Dave was really big and that's fantastic because it was such a brave interview. And your feedback means a lot to me and it means a lot to the guests. So thank you so much for all your likes and subscribes and follows and feedback. It's fantastic. And a special shout out to Kimberly Robinson, my producer, who supports above and beyond. 
Thanks, Kimberly. Please keep looking after yourselves and looking after each other. And we'll dive into this little tabloid pool next. We didn't make it. They did. And plus it's nice just to have a little fun and a little chat with everything that's so heavy. So keep leaving Hillsong and we'll talk soon. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.